Beyond the Paper Gown inspires, informs, and empowers women with the latest information about our health and healthcare choices. Join in for provocative conversations with scientists, clinicians, policymakers, and innovators. Beyond the Paper Gown is hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, internal medicine specialist and women's health advocate. The following information is for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. This information is not intended as a substitute for professional therapy or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to Beyond the Paper Gown. I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover. Before we get started today, I'd like to tell you about another show in the Offscript Health Podcast Network, DabbleCo. Host Claire O'Brien is a nurse practitioner breaking down popular topics in the health, wellness, and beauty space to challenge what's trending versus what's true with information provided by the actual experts. Whether it's talking about how to catch more Zs with a sleep psychologist or how a diagnosis of breast cancer at 31 inspired her guests to use humor to connect with others, you'll find Dabbleco helpful and inspirational. We've added a link to Dabbleco in our show notes. I hope you'll check it out. Our guest today is Dr. Lindsay Harper, an OBGYN specializing in sexual health and the founder and CEO of Rosie, a sexual wellness company. I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Harper about sexual health in a previous episode, and I highly recommend taking a listen. In this episode, we're going to focus on how she came to create Rosie, its services, and her mission to improve the sexual lives of women. You are an OBGYN who now is focused on sexual health. How did that come to happen? And then how did Rosie Wellness come to happen? Yeah, so I was really guided down this path by my patients. Um, I can remember a very specific like few months, maybe six months in practice where I started to become aware of how many of my patients had sexual health problems. And it wasn't because I was asking them about it. They were just telling me, even though I was doing a terrible job and not even bringing these topics up with them. And then I started to look into it and found out that only 17% of OBGYNs ask about sexual health and 43% of women have problems and um, started to ask around, what do my partners do for sexual health problems? What do these big group of OBGYNs on Facebook do? Nobody had good answers for me. So I was getting mad by this point and joined a medical society called ISWISH, became a fellow of that organization. And then I came to a crossroads where I knew this is what I wanted to do with my life. I just didn't know what that looked like. Did I open a sex medicine clinic here in Dallas or did I start a platform? And much to you know, what I was speaking about earlier, which is that the, the, the difference that education and behavioral change can have on the lives of so many millions, in fact, billions of women in the world, is dramatic, right? We do not all need a pharmaceutical. We do not all need sex therapy. We do all need evidence-based sex education. We do all need to understand how our bodies and and our minds work. And we all need support around these problems. And so when I had that, you know, realization and I started to look around at what existed, there was nothing, literally not one thing. (laughs) And still to this day, people are like, who's your competition? And I'm like, I don't really have any. Um, But so I decided, you know what, let's see what we can do about that. So I decided instead of opening a clinic to start a platform, our mission is to erase sexual shame and isolation for women across the world. So we can connect them with these things that they need. They're not traveling out at this rocky sea with no known, you know, resources in sight, but we've 
we brought them all together under one trusted name created by doctors, psychologists, sex therapists, pelvic floor PTs, where women can access all of the resources, at least initially that they need, or maybe in, in um, addition to, you know, whatever clinician that they need to see to really make some long, long standing um, educational and behavioral change in their lives. So that's really how Rosie came about. And you mentioned evidence-based education. What does that mean? You know, there's lots of um, lots of different ways we can talk to women about their sexuality, and not many of them are evidence-based. But as a physician, when we talk about sexuality on the platform, we're talking about, hey, this is how most women have orgasms. Hey, this is the arousal desire pathway. Hey, these are the types of lube, and these are when you should use them and when you shouldn't. So everything that we can find from a research perspective, from a data-focused or based perspective that informs women about how their bodies work, about how their sexuality may or may not function, and about the, um, the applicable resources to whatever challenges they might be facing. Great. And so I assume that you're really getting it from data um, or oh, that that would be yeah. the evidence. Right. And everybody who's on the platform is either a physician, a therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist, you know, somebody really highly trained in the field with lots of lots of great information to share. Is there a cost for this app? Yeah. So Rosie is free to download. um, And then we have three subscription tiers. So if you download the free version, you kind of just get to understand you know, what we're doing in there. Um, and then the content is limited, but then there, there are three, the three subscription tiers. The first is $10 a month and that's the erotica tier that can kick off the arousal desire pathway, which is in fact mo- what most women who say that they have low desire need, right? They don't necessarily need a pharmaceutical, although I'm thankful that they're available. Um, many women find what they need through that um, erotica subscription. The next tier up is, um, we call it the gold subscription, and it includes the erotica library. It also includes a, a, a personalized content journey. So when a user comes into Rosie, she answers a 27-question um questionnaire, which touches on so many of the things we talked about today. It touches on their sexual identity. It touches on their partnership status, their medical history, their mental health history, um, their religion, you know, all of these things that we know their trauma history can affect a woman's sexuality. And then we build a content plan, especially for them. So the next tier up includes that daily content plan where they can access um, content made by experts about the specific issues that they have going on and also group coaching. Um, we have sex coaches on the platform who are life coaches who are specially trained in sexuality that offer women the opportunity to rethink how they might be interacting with sexuality in their lives. So, you know, this, this whole idea of sex is bad and sex is dirty and I don't ever want to do it changing those thought patterns over to something new that might serve them better. Um, And then lastly, we have the highest level of subscription, um, and that's the platinum level that includes all everything I've talked about, plus individual coaching um, sessions as well. And there's two group coaching sessions and two individual coaching sessions, and that's $150 a month. What is group coaching? Yes, it's my it's I was going to say it's my favorite part. It's one of my favorite parts. And it's really because as my my experience in a as a physician is that whenever these patients would come to me every day and be like, I have this problem, you know, low desire, low desire, low desire. It's patient after patient after patient with the same thing. But each of them think that they're the only one with that problem. And I'm like, ah, I wish I could just get you all out in the waiting room together and we could just all have a chat because we all have the same exact (laughs) problem. 
And so group coaching offers the ability to do just that, right? To get women with the same issues going on in an anonymous chat, right? Where we're able to talk through a coach to one another about these common issues that so many of us are facing. So we protect everyone's privacy by not showing their faces or their names. They submit questions or problems to the coach, and then we coach through it in a group setting. And it's so therapeutic for women because they know that they're not the only ones with these issues. They're the same feelings that they're feeling are echoed in the other participants in the group. And the coach is able to offer a really knowledgeable and helpful, you know, approach to these things where many women have been feeling stuck for years and years. And how does the personal coaching happen? Is that the same thing as sex therapy? It's not the same thing as sex therapy because these are not therapists. These are coaches. So they, it's the same that we talk about in the group coaching setting, which is really they're working through the tenets of cognitive behavioral therapy, really. So these ideas of like, okay, if I'm having a negative problematic thought about a situation, then how can we rework that into a, into a thought that is helpful to my goals? And so sometimes, um, you know, patients who have had, who are working through sexual trauma or who are having significant marital discord, um, they would be best, you know, fit definitely to a therapist or a sex therapist. Um, for coaching, it's really more, do you have specific goals? Are we trying to think about things differently? Are we kind of um, in a sex negative mind frame? So these are, you know, these are more what coaching, what uh, coaches are for when it, uh, in contrast to what therapists can help with for sure. And do you make any recommendations or referrals to either therapists or doctors? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, we are a connector. I really see Rosie as you know, the, the connector between the, the patients or the women that need these resources and the resource that exists. And so, you know, for, especially for issues like sexual pain, um, you know, any, anything where we know that a digital platform cannot help, then we're like, please go back and see your physician. Or if you need to discuss a pharmaceutical, please go back and see your physician. And we're really filling that gap, right? Where we have women as major supporters and physicians as major supporters. We are not trying to replace physicians. We are trying to work as an adjunct for the training that they maybe didn't get and the time that they certainly don't have in the office. Rosie can really take the um, that workload off of these um, providers' backs, do that work for them, and then spend the patients back to the physician in the appropriate context for a pharmaceutical or to a, to a therapist for the appropriate um, intervention as well. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover, host of the podcast Beyond the Paper Gown, part of the Offscript Health Network. I'm here today with a call to action. The Roe v. Wade ruling could have far-reaching implications on not only reproductive health rights and women's health, but also individuals' rights, privacy considerations, workforce issues, and more. These implications could affect everyone, regardless of gender, faith, or political affiliation. On July 6th, I invite you to join me and an expert panel of guests during my free webinar, Aftershocks, Unexpected Consequences of the Roe v. Wade Decision. We'll be discussing all of these issues, and we'll share ways to take action and protect ourselves. You won't want to miss this event. Head over to beyondthepapergown.com to register today. Welcome back to Beyond the Paper Gown. 
how's your feedback been? Do you have any success stories that you can share with us? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have so many. It's I mean, it's great. It's the best thing to do ever. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm so thankful. Um, we, and I just have to tell have, people who are just listening and can't see your face just lit up when, yeah. <laughs> when I asked you that question. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, um, we have so many individual, you know, pieces of feedback, but we also have great data that we've been able to share and publish um, to show that Rosie actually is an effective intervention that benefits women in all aspects of sexual function. I presented a paper at the Sex Medicine Society last year. I presented a paper at ACOG last year to show that women with HSDD or hypoactive sexual desire disorder experienced a statistically significant improvement. So not only do we have the qualitative stories, but we also have the quantitative as well to really support our efforts. And there's just nothing like it. I really do feel like it is my, you know, mission in life and as a company to change the world for, you know, when it comes to women's sexual health. And I, I, I feel like we're accomplishing our goal. You know, it might be slower than we want it to. Like, I want this to exist in all areas of the world yesterday. Um, but, you know, we're tireless in our efforts. And I have a wonderful team that works with me and so many really, you know, um, passionate supporters like yourself. And we're just, it's just the best. I, I couldn't be, you know, more, more excited to work on this every day. That's terrific. And do you see this ever being something that a physician might write a prescription for or that it might be covered by insurance? You know, that would be so dreamy. Um, I, I would love that. <laughs> the challenge right now that it we It always face, starts with a dream, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. I definitely have that as a dream. The challenge that we face right now is that women's sexual health generally is not well covered by <laughs> insurance. So they're not covering the pharmaceuticals that I mentioned that are FDA approved. They're not covering, you know, they're not covering women's sexual health. They don't, they don't pay for the visits in the office for physicians. So just to give you some context, that's kind of where we're starting. So you know, what, what we're working on from a company perspective right now is to really show, okay, if you don't care about women's sexual health, maybe you care about levels of anxiety and depression. Maybe you care about, you know, saving physicians time. Maybe there are some other things that you care about that we can get, make this make sense for you. Um, so we're working on some of those things right now. I hope in 10 years, you know, that that will be completely different and everyone will pay for women's sexual health because we all recognize how important it is. But right now we'll do some of that foundational work to hopefully get us there faster. We'll see. But, but by the way, I, I have to point out that um, ED drugs are covered by oh. insurance. All of them. Also, so are penis implants covered by Medicare. I just want to put that out there as well. I mean, it's it's infuriating if you dig even if you Google it once. I mean, it's it's crazy. Well, and along those lines, you were just on a panel that talked about um, double standards for even social media. Talk a little bit about that. Whew. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, we... I love our company. We are a healthcare company. We focus on a women's health issue. It just happens to be sexual health. But our accounts get, you know, blocked and deactivated all the time when we're trying to advertise on social media. Um, and it's not uncommon. Um, even, even people who are operating in other areas of women's health, that's very clearly not against the sort of adult products um, clauses that many of these companies have, including urinary incontinence companies, um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of companies, we are all facing the same thing, which is to say that, you know, these these ads for men's sexual health products or men's health products never, never get blocked. They're, they're the most blatant ads you've ever seen. And we are doing things through nuance, through suggestion, and ours are, are getting denied all the time. And it's, it's pretty frustrating, to be honest, because it's just another example of how deep 
these issues really go. And there's not a lot of relief in terms of, you know, oh, let's talk to an account rep and get it remedied. Um, They're just staying firm. And it makes it more challenging for us to really complete our mission um, because it makes it harder and more expensive for us to get in front of the people that need us as to where men's sexual health is not having that same you know, challenge. So it exists across other areas too, in terms of advertising. Um, and there's a lot of people working actively on it. It's just moving more slowly than any of us would like. I learned the term shadow banning, where you mm-hmm. may not even know that you're being banned. Right. Which is the worst. And that's, that's, the, that is actually a, the worst part of all of this is the lack of transparency, because when they deny an ad for us, they don't even tell us why, like which word, which picture, which, which, what, what should we change? So we just resubmit, resubmit, resubmit. We never know. So if you can imagine what like a waste of time and resources that is for us, right. To just like try to figure it out on our own. If they would just say, Hey, like, this is the word that you can't use. And we'd be like, cool. Like we'll change that word or, Hey, this is the reason it's instead. It's like, this is the clause that you violated. Anyway, and the same is true with the shadow banning. It's like, if you don't even know your account has been shadow banned, you're creating content and putting good stuff out in the world, but it's not ever being seen. I mean, can you imagine? Like, that's so, to me, that's just disrespectful <laughs> because it's just, it's like a, it's a big waste of time. It's, it's counterproductive, not just, not just blocking, but also oh. wasting that company's time as well. And money. And money. Most, I mean, and that, yeah, that's what it comes exactly. down to at the end of the day. That's how any of us get funded. That's how any of us become successful is we show that the, you know, that what we're doing, people want what we're doing. And if we can't get in front of people, then, you know, we're never going to be able to prove those outcomes and women's health is going to stay stagnant until those things are corrected. Given current situation now more than ever, how do you protect the privacy of your customers? Absolutely. So um, when Rosie, everything that we store is on, you know, HIPAA compliant servers um, and also the data. And that is means stored what? In, that means that um, the place where the data is stored all all adheres to HIPAA compliant sort of standards. And that means that it's, is- there's extra encryption and protection in place so that that data cannot be accessed by, you know, nefarious parties. Um, Additionally, we also separate the place of storage from um, when we're talking about the the user ID, so like the email that a user gives us and her name from the data, right? So even if the data were to be looked at and somehow that is separated from the user's information so that, you know, never, never, shall the two meet. Um, so we really try to, you know, make sure that we're communicating to our users regularly that, uh, you know, we are not looking at data that has any sort of identification on it. Um, we, when we do go back and analyze the data for research purposes and for product development purposes, it doesn't have names attached, anything like that. So really trying to do, you know, everything that we can to help users feel reassured, because obviously this is a super, you know, uh, private space. And we want to honor that and and really do the best we possibly can. You also mentioned that you want to promote this worldwide. And so are you currently in other countries other than the U.S.? And then how do you address cultural differences, language differences? I'll leave it yeah. at that. So currently we are only available in the U.S. We're getting ready to launch in Canada um, pretty soon. 
And to your point, I, I feel very um, strongly that when we do move into other markets who are probably most different from the United States in terms of cultural and sexual norms and expectations that we do so very responsibly. Um, I feel, you know, very strongly that we, that we need to exist in those markets, but that we do so in a really careful way. So we have some classes on specific religions and sexuality. So we recorded content with a sex therapist who's, who's an Orthodox Jewish woman with a gynecologist who's a Muslim woman and with a gynecologist who is a conservative Christian woman. And so we have content specific to each of those religious groups. And that really models uh, the way that we want to enter these new markets, which is to say, hey, like we, as I mentioned earlier, want to respect your context and your life circumstances and want to help you have and understand what the you know best version of your sexuality could be like at this place at this time in your life. So want to do that very thoughtfully, very respectfully, and that just takes time and yet again, money. So <laughs> working on it, but yes, definitely big goals. What's next for Rosie? Goodness gracious. Um, so there's so many, so many things next for Rosie. I would say really we are looking at expanding in in as many areas as possible. We always want to get the word out to more um, healthcare providers. We currently have more than 6% of OBGYNs and 4,000 um, doctors and therapists referring Rosie uh, r- their patients to Rosie. So that's exciting. I want that to be 100%, of course. Um, and so we're working to get the word out there. We're also working to understand from our users needs, what other things do they need that we could be offering them? And then to to our conversation just now, really, where else can we exist in the world and really be effective at our goals um, in a respectful and high quality way? Exciting. What did I not ask you that you wanted to make sure you covered? Well, if anyone is looking for us, please visit our website, which is meetrosy, M-E-E-T-R-O-S-Y.com. Um, you can find us in the app store. Just search Rosie, R-O-S-Y, or on Instagram, we are at meet, M-E-E-T underscore Rosie, R-O-S-Y. We'd love to see you in any of those places. Terrific. Dr. Lindsay Harper, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about Rosie and about sexual health. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. This has been great fun. I appreciate you. You can check out the links to Rosie on our podcast notes, and we'll also publish a discount code you can use for the app. You can also link to and listen to my interview about sexual health concerns with Dr. Harper. And to continue the conversation about sexual health, join us on our forum at beyondthepapergown.com. Thanks as always for listening. I do hope you'll join us if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe. For more information on this episode or for additional episodes, links, and comments, find us at beyondthepapergown.com or follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This episode of Beyond the Paper Gown was produced by Patrick Shumbayati and Dr. Mitzi Krakow. Until next time, stay healthy and centered.